You never know who you might meet or who you might come across in college that's going to give you an opportunity later down the line or that's going to build the next multi-million dollar yeah. company. You could have been friends with this person. So get out here and network, talk to people on campus who aren't athletes and start establishing those relationships. In the experience that follows, we will engage in conversations surrounding the intersection of sports business, sports tech, and athlete development. The conversations and stories shared on this podcast are designed to decrease the barriers of entry for sports business professionals, create intentional conversations, and impactful relationship. This show, properly titled Inside the Lab, is an exchange of ideas and viewpoints from each individual's perspective. On the Inside the Lab podcast, we interview advisors, investors, sports tech founders, and sports business leaders to impact their journeys and paths to success. Our purpose is to pull out the life lessons, habits, and thought patterns of these people and share those with others who can use them in their lives and incorporate them into their professional journey. Our goal is to entertain, delight, and inspire our audience into action with real talk and practical advice. In addition, We'll also cover relevant topics and sports business specific to your industry. I'm your host, Bryce Only. Thank you for listening. You can find this audio experience anywhere where you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Inside the Lab podcast. Uh, I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable with this. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It's been a challenge, but it's a journey, right? Trial and error, learn some new things, loop flow, finding your voice. But yeah, I'm feeling... A little bit more comfortable. This is episode five, and I'm joined by a very special guest today, Malcolm Lemons. I'll let him introduce himself in a little bit. But I met Malcolm when quarantine first started and noticed that he was an individual, a member in the Athlete Development Lab, and heard nothing but good things about him. And I was like, man, I need to find some time to connect with them and wrap with them. You know, similar student athlete from an entrepreneur standpoint, business minded. And I'm like, I need that. Let's see if he'll give me 15 to 20 minutes of his time. And he did. And you know, we're here now recording this podcast. So without further ado, Malcolm, welcome to the show, man. And if you could, please introduce yourself to the viewers and tell them a little bit more about you. For sure, Bryce. Well, first and foremost, I appreciate the opportunity. It's definitely great to connect with you. As you mentioned, man, I'm an entrepreneur, man. I'm a former professional athlete, former student athlete as well, and really just been in a space where um, I'm trying to empower and educate athletes and give them some of the resources and you know tips that I didn't have when I was playing and things I wish I would have done differently or wish I would have known. Really just think it's an incredible time for athletes and getting them to leverage their platform and capitalize on their influence, but also really kind of holistically develop to where they're having success in and out of sports. And so it's kind of been my mission for the past couple of years. I'm also the founder of Athletes Unheard, which is a media platform at the intersection of athletes and mental health and everything that's transpired this year as far as COVID and social injustice and the heightened level of anxiety and depression. I really just wanted to kind of pivot and make an impact in the mental wellness space and really help athletes develop in that aspect as well. So like I said, honored to be here, man, ready to get the conversation started. We're going to jump into some topics you you hit on before, but want to dive deeper into your student athlete experience. I've heard the story of, you know, your college decision and what was going on, you, you playing professionally, but talk me through, I guess, timing wise, I want to learn before your freshman year of college, tell me more about your senior year. And then those years you played professional sports, like tell me a little bit about that from an athlete perspective. 
And then we'll jump into a little bit more in deeper later. I love that we're starting here, actually, because this is something that I don't really talk about a lot. And that was my experience going from growing up in Washington, D.C. and having this dream of becoming a professional athlete. But being someone who, who comes from a single parent household and having to move a lot when I was younger and having an unstable childhood in in many different regards and just being singular focused on this goal and dream and doing whatever I could do to to achieve it. And so I was very fortunate to go to a a highly prestigious Catholic school called Gonzaga in Washington, D.C. and had the opportunity to play against some amazing athletes, you know, Victor Oladipo, Quinn Cook, who plays for the Lakers. I went to school with guys like Tyler Thornton, went to Duke. Cedric Lindsay, who played at University of Richmond, he's one of the all-time leading scorers there. So just phenomenal competition, which really, you know, allowed me to compete at a higher level and understand what it takes to actually play, you know, at that level and gave me the opportunity to get exposure to continue pursuing that dream. And so I had originally committed to Robert Morris University going into my senior year of high school. Maintained that commitment throughout my senior year, and I primarily wanted to go there because I knew I would have an opportunity to play as a freshman and the coaching staff really believed in me and I believed in them and and where they were taking the program. And so they were integral part of why I chose that school. But as college, you know, the nature of the business side of college basketball, right before I was graduating as a senior in high school, the coaching staff left. And they called, I remember remember the day they called me and they were like, look, like we, we got an opportunity to go to Rutgers. You know, we understand if, you know, whatever decision you want to make as far as still coming to Robert Morris. We don't know who the new coaching staff is going to be. And so I am two weeks before I graduate as a senior and I don't know what to do with my future. And so I ultimately ended up decommitting because the coaching staff left and reopened my college recruiting, you know, right after I graduated high school. I didn't have a school to go to. And Niagara University kind of came out of nowhere and went up there for a recruiting visit and really just fell in love with the environment, the campus, the coaching staff and committed that weekend. So two weeks after I graduated from high school and, you know, went on to play there for three years, ended up transferring my, my senior year. And that's a, you know, a whole different story within itself. But I would say that those experiences facing that adversity, understanding how to play the game on the court, but also off the court, it really kind of molded me and shaped me to be the person that I am today, but also who I became as a professional athlete and having to navigate that landscape, which is obviously a challenge within itself, being on your own and figuring out how to really be a professional. I know it's a long-winded I love <laughs> it. answer, but it's incredible what you have to go through to really achieve something that ambitious. And I look back and I'm grateful for that adversity in those obstacles. I don't like to assume things, but I'm assuming that prepared you for some of the things you're doing now and the trials and adversity that you face. But that is, I learned something new every day. I didn't know that you yeah. started off at, at, or committed to Robert Morris. And then two weeks later, you're like, man, I, I don't know where I'm headed now. And I relate to that in a sense that I went to Nebraska my freshman year. After my freshman year, you know, college sports is a business. They didn't foresee me as a future of the program. And they were like, hey, we need that scholarship money back. And I couldn't afford to go to school without getting that money. And for a good week and a half, I'm making calls, trying to figure it out. And I can relate to it in so many levels. And, you know, we, we stopped talking about, you know, your professional journey and what it means to be a professional off the court. And 
Tell me about some of the, the habits or things that are transferable skills that you developed as a professional athlete that you're doing on your day-to-day now. Oh, man, I would say everything as far as being able to work with other people from different backgrounds and belief systems and experiences. So understanding people is a big part of how you conduct yourself as an athlete, but also in the real world. Obviously, the hard work and persistence that it takes to achieve something that has been instilled in me since I was a kid because of sports. And like I said before, you know, having a dream and really just doing whatever possible to achieve that, you know, I would say that just self-discipline and organization, like all these different things that I think oftentimes athletes, when they're transitioning into life after sports, they don't really think that they're prepared but they're more prepared than they imagine because, you know, you've been playing this game since you were a kid, but it's prepared you in so many different aspects from an intangible standpoint and just giving you skills that are coveted in the real world and that, you know, are very valuable. So I would say everything that I've learned from being an athlete, I've been able to recognize how I can take that over into the business world and use that in that capacity to ultimately be successful and understand that, you know, I think the biggest thing is the, is the patience and and having that that long term mindset because you know I tell athletes all the time you didn't become a great athlete overnight that's a great right. your life and whatever you want to do next in life it's going to take the same amount of effort and patience and just energy to achieve that and so I take that mindset with me every day as a business person and understanding that I have another dream another goal that I'm trying to achieve in life and that I'm going to have to just be putting in the work every single day for me to be that 10, 15 year overnight success, that that patience is also very important. So all those different things that I've been able to transfer over have been extremely invaluable. Man, no, I appreciate you, you shedding a little bit more light on that. And I think it's important for student athletes to understand, especially in a time like this, that it's a lot of people are, are facing a lot of different challenges, but I think you keep the right frame of mind of, you know, the determination, that persistence, that commitment of trying to just master your craft and and normally good things break out or, or shake out. And I want to talk a little bit more about what you're currently doing with Athletes Unheard. And then talk a little bit more about the books you've wrote after this quick break. On the Inside the Lab podcast, we interview advisors, investors, sports tech founders, and sports business leaders to impact their journeys and paths to success. Our purpose is to pull out the life lessons, habits, and thought patterns of these people and share those who can use them in their lives and incorporate them into their professional journey. I'm your host, Bryce Only. Today is Saturday, December 12th, 2020, joined by Malcolm Lemons. Now, Malcolm, we talked a little bit about your student-athlete experience, and now I want to talk to you about your professional journey. You're the author of several books, man. When you were 10, did you know that when I grow up or when I become a professional, I want to write two books? Is that something? Was that in the plans? Did you write that goal down? Hell no, man. <laughs> I tell people all the time, like I never thought in you know my wildest imagination that I would be an author. But looking back, man, in hindsight, writing was something that I always did. And it, it was actually, I wasn't good in school, but English was something I always knocked out of the park. I was mm. good at writing. It came naturally to me. I don't know why. And so my second year playing over overseas in Japan, man, I tell this story often. I came in the middle of the season and we had about a month long break where we weren't playing any games. We were just practicing for an hour or two a day. Okay. Since I had just gotten over there, I didn't have Wi Fi at the time. And obviously, didn't know my teammates well. So I wasn't really hanging out with them. And I didn't know the city and wasn't comfortable kind of just venturing out on my own. And so I would sit in my room. I had a loft like maybe 20 minutes from downtown Tokyo. 
And I would sit there. I'm like, man, like, what the hell am I doing here? Like, what did I really have to go through to get to this point in my life? And it really kind of led me down this, this path of reflection. And since I had my computer in front of me, I started to type, man. It was more therapeutic at the moment than anything else. It was mm. you know, allowing me to release all these thoughts that were in my mind on the paper. And to really make a long story short, I started sharing a lot of that content and talking to people about what I was doing. And people suggested, like, you've got a pretty inspiring story. Like, you've been through a lot to become a professional athlete. You ever thought about writing a book? And I was like, man, that's, I don't want to be no author. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. what I aspire to be, like I said. And the more and more I thought about it, the more I realized that I would be doing an injustice to athletes who were coming behind me and mm. the people who needed to hear my story to understand not only what it takes, but how challenging it is to reach that point in your life and some of the lessons that you can utilize or take away from sports to apply to different areas uh, of your life. And so ended up publishing my book, 2017, my first book, Lessons from the Game, and just talked about my story and some of the key lessons I took away from sports. And that was like the beginning of me kind of becoming a business person and it opened up a lot of doors as far as speaking opportunities the opportunities to write for the Huffington Post and different publications and uh, really kind of fell into this world of media and publishing. So, yeah, man, I, I never thought I'd be an author, but you know, writing has been the thing that has helped me reshape my identity to be more than just an athlete and see myself in a different regard and, and hold myself to a higher standard and understand that I have more value to give to the world than just running, jumping and shooting yeah. basketball. Man. Incredible, right? And I got the book here. I'm making my way through it right oh, now. So no, <laughs> I, I enjoy it. And it's um as someone who similar boat, man. I was a student athlete. Like, where do I go from here? Like I've had my entire identity is built up into sports. I knew that I had other interests, but that we didn't have that structure or that support system to go explore those interests, right? And so when I first connected with you. And you're like, hey, man, buy my book. I'm like, hey, that's a wrap for me. I'm, it's on the way right now. And I, you know, I, I just want to say thank you because it's, you, know, you talk about impact and serving others that are coming behind you. I think it's important, especially in a time like this now where with name, image, and likeness, student athletes have to have almost a, a different element outside of sports. And while we're in that same vein, like with student athletes right now, you, know, you talk about creating a brand, you talk about creating a legacy. If you could sum it up in three to four takeaways of what a student athlete can do to prepare themselves for life after sports in terms of creating a brand, what would you recommend to those student athletes? I think the, the first thing would be to, it's crazy because I don't even know how to begin to do this, but to have some level of self-awareness to know who you are, not only as an athlete, but as an individual off of the playing field. So understanding your strengths, like what are you good at? What do you like to do? What are you passionate about? What causes do you, what impact do you want to make in the world? So really getting extremely clear on your passions, your purpose, your belief systems, your values, all those different things so that you're, you're more self-aware about your individuality in the world and your uniqueness. I think that's definitely the first thing. Self-awareness is key in life. Number two would probably be to just start creating content, man. I mean, obviously the world, we live online. We, we Our attention is on social media. And it was so important for athletes to start building a brand and a platform that allows people to understand their story, where they come from, and going back to self-awareness, who they are as a person. 
and start creating content that reflects that. And that's genuine to their personality. I think that's really important when it comes to establishing a deeper relationship with your fan base, with your people who care about your career on and off the playing field. So start creating, start telling your story, start putting your messaging out there, start putting those passions out into the world and get people to see that. And then I think the third most important part is that engagement, connecting with people and building genuine relationships that's going to help you in life after sports. You know, obviously having that title as an athlete, many people want to get close to you. They want to be in the same room with you. They want to talk to you. Your fans want to know who you are as a person. So it's about establishing those genuine relationships that's going to carry you forward. You never know who you might meet or who you might come across in college that's going to give you an opportunity later down the line or that's going to build the next multi-million dollar yeah. You could have been friends with this person. So get out here and network, talk to people on campus who aren't athletes and start establishing those relationships and make sure you're providing value to people. Make sure that you're always looking to give more than receive. Mm-hmm. I think taking those three things into account as a student athlete is incredibly critical to having success in sports, but also going forward in life. And so, you know, if I had to pinpoint it, there's a lot of things that they should be doing, man. I mean, it's all good. You're right. But yeah. I would definitely say those are the top three things that I would say all athletes need to be doing right now. That's awesome. And I think especially, you know, you talk about the fans, the studies show that fans are no longer following teams, that they're really following these individuals. Right. And so if you, if you're an athlete and you understand that, like to your point, creating content, building relationships with individuals, expanding your network. It's just so many things that you can do to, to set yourself up for life. And I want to talk a little bit more about name, image, and likeness. And in layman's terms, could you explain it to the people and what it means and your understanding? Because I think I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. I know there's different platforms that are doing some great things to help the NCAA be able to implement some programs and structures for these student athletes. But from your perspective, Malcolm, what are some of the things, if somebody wanted to understand name, image, and likeness, what are some things that they should be focusing on? Yeah. So to me, name, image, and likeness, you know, if I had to really boil it down and simplify it, it's a student athlete's ability to take their name, their image. So their, I guess the image of them on, on paper or graphic or whatever the case may be in their likeness you know, as far as like you talk about video game likeness and things of that nature, it's their ability to have complete control over that and to use it in whatever way, shape or form they want to for monetization. I think and you think about just name imaging likeness in the simplest terms, that's what it's about. Student athletes having complete control over their careers off of the playing field and being able to make money with that. And so I think as we're heading towards this new landscape and these rules are kind of the, the floodgates of being open as far as the opportunities that student athletes can take advantage of, man. I think it's, I think it's amazing. And I think personally, it's, it's long overdue. This is yeah. something to me that is more of a human rights issue, a social issue than anything else. You think about student athletes are the only people in this country who aren't able to make money with their name, image, and likeness. Everyone else, influencers can do it in college. The cheerleaders on on the on the teams can make money, you know, in college. Like, yeah. why can't these athletes who, you know, we're being realistic, bringing billions of dollars for the yeah. NCAA with their name, image, and likeness? Why can't they make money too? Why can't they get a piece of that pie? And so, I think it's definitely going to be challenging going into this because it's something obviously that's new that we've never experienced before. Mistakes are going to be made, but 
the most important thing I think that everyone needs to understand is that we need to continuously put the student athlete first and provide programming resources, education materials that's allowing them to understand everything from business to, to finances, to taxes, to negotiating to advisors and illegitimate people who might come in the picture because we're going to have a lot of that. And so just preparing them as much as possible for this new world that we're about to live through, but also understanding at the end of the day, these are still kids. These are still young adults who will make mistakes, but we're doing the right thing and empowering them and giving them tools for them to be successful and make a little bit of money while they're playing in college. And so it's interesting times, man. I'm excited and I can't wait to see, you know, what what's going to happen in the next couple of years as as we move towards this new transformation. And it's interesting to say the least. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. Long overdue. And you know, I was a baseball guy, so a little bit different from revenue breakdown and understanding, but just playing experience. I went University of Nebraska, major football school, national championship. Yeah. Seeing what that market was like, and then going to Creighton and being in the Big East Conference, basketball being the, the bread and butter of the school, you're just seeing it. And some of these athletes, man, it's putting a lot their their life, or I shouldn't say their life, but their bodies on their line, you know, their, their mental fortitude on their line. And especially as a basketball player, you're on campus year round, like football players on campus year round, you're just doing it. And I just long overdue. And I just hope that with the mistakes that are made, there are mistakes that people can learn from and that they continue to move forward and that they don't take a step back. But, you know, my sister, she's a freshman at NIU. She's running track and a little, obviously on a smaller scale, but I just told her, you know, be up to speed, you know, understand yeah. these things because it's important. You never know who you're going to be in a conversation with. You never know, even if you're going to be at that school for the next three or four years. And so it's right. important to be able to at least have a, a higher level of understanding when it comes to these specific topics. And you, know, you talked about, mental health a little bit. And I know for me, mental health wasn't, I'm still trying to figure out what that means. And I know for me as an athlete, like I, I saw a sports psychologist, but not necessarily for things off the field, but more so of trying to deal with anxiety on the field and preparation for the games. But why did you feel as though that that was a specific topic you wanted to focus on? And maybe if you're open to it, tell me a little bit more about some of your experiences with mental health. Yeah, man. So it's a great question. I think first and foremost, growing up, obviously grew up in the city, like I said before, single parent household, emotions, feelings, these things weren't talked about, especially in the black community. Like it was, it was, you know, tough it out, you know, be a man. Yeah. Don't cry. Push forward. This don't was, worry. Exactly. Bro. This was, this was what I was taught. And so I didn't show many emotions on, on the playing field or even, you know, in real life. And as I got older, I saw how that manifested itself in different ways, such as anger, lashing out. You know, I've suffered from anxiety attacks, mm. you know, and, and these experiences that have really kind of affected me in multiple different ways. And this year, I think it's forced everyone to kind of take a step back and assess where we are with our health. And I've seen just a heightened level of anxiety and depression not only with everybody, but I specifically noticed how, you know, these, all these articles I was reading, it was talking about student athletes or athletes and being without their sport for the first time or, you know, how we're worrying about the mental well-being of these athletes and where is this going to lead us going forward? I'm like, 
I was this athlete. You know what I'm saying? Like I was right. an athlete who, even though I had my, like I, I was able to play sports, I couldn't imagine going through this experience right now and not having my sport, not having my teammates around, not knowing how to deal with these emotions for the first time. And so athletes unheard came into the picture because one, I wanted to learn more for myself. I wanted to deal with my own issues that I've experienced in the past, but also wanted to empower and help other athletes to talk about these things. Mental health is still we're starting to move a little bit towards where it's not as taboo, but it's still very right. much a stigma, especially within the athletic community. And so I was like, how can I make a difference? How can I amplify these conversations and amplify the voices of athletes who aren't being heard? And so our, our tagline, our slogan is amplify the unheard. And so we're trying to give a platform to the athletes who want to learn more, who want to talk about their stories and their experiences, because I think that's where the, the process of healing starts. It's being open and vulnerable and transparent about mental health and destigmatizing what it means in our communities. And so that's what we're trying to do, man, and, and really trying to make an impact, you know, on athletes worldwide and think that as we move, you know, to a post-COVID world, hopefully right. um, in, in the next several months as mm-hmm. vaccinations come out, I think the mental health effects are still going to last for a lot of athletes. So really trying to figure out different ways we can make a difference and, and partner with brands, companies who also, you know, want to affect change in the sports community. So oh, that's so important. And I can't even imagine, are we going to play? Well, is COVID going to be a factor? Well, we have these travel restrictions, just so much going on. And student athletes just feeling it very empathetic for those individuals right now. And just, I'm super inspired by the work that you're doing and super grateful that conversations are, are no longer taboo, that it's okay to, to have a conversation about it. And at least for me, and just speaking on my personal experience, like I thought that, okay, I'm supposed to talk to this psychologist and express or be vulnerable. It's supposed to be fixed right away. Like why am I, it doesn't work like that. And you're 100% right that, you know, it's, it's forced people to take a step back and reflect on what actually is mental health. You know, why am I feeling this way? Okay. And where do those emotions stem from? I mean, I just can't, could speak to just thinking about so many experiences from a student athlete and, you know, stressing about wanting to be good, wanting to perform, you know, there's nine guys on the field, there's 35 on the roster. (laughs) You got, you got to do the math. But, you know, with that in mind, tell me, a little bit more, what can we expect from Athletes Unheard and in, in going into 2021? And what can we expect from Malcolm Lemons in 2021? Oh, man. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Athletes Unheard, man, that, that is my my number one focus right now, really trying to build out you know a platform that, like I said before, amplifies those conversations. So doing a lot of interviews with athletes and you know trying to build more awareness around you know who they are, what they've been through, some of the challenges they might be facing to use their story to help other athletes, but also give them an outlet to, you know, share those, those stories and really just putting that as the priority for me. And we also have a podcast and show that I'm developing where, you know, I'm going to be interviewing current and former professional athletes who are also passionate about mental health and mental wellness. So that's what you can expect, man. Just really trying to build out this community and provide a, a safe space and outlet for athletes to just talk, man, to just talk and, grow together and heal together and learn together and, and really just empower one another. So, And that's outstanding. And I look forward to seeing the progression of that work. And I think this goes on set. If, if we can be of any support here at the Athlete Development Lab, please don't hesitate to reach out. We're going to close it out here. But before that, 
Thanks for tuning in to the Inside the Lab podcast. Our goal is to entertain, delight, and inspire our audience into action with real talk and practical advice. In addition, we'll cover relevant topics in sports business specific to your industry. I'm joined by Malcolm Lemons today. Malcolm, in closing, where can the people find you on social media? Are you on Instagram? I know you're on Twitter because I love it. I love the, the tweets, but uh, <laughs> where can the people find you at? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, they can connect with me on, I'm on every social platform. LinkedIn is probably my most, I'm on there more than anywhere else, but I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and I'm pretty easy to find at Malcolm Limits. Um, you can also check out Athletes on her website. It's not launched yet, but you know, give us a sign up on the, on the subscriber list um, at athletesunheard.com and, and hit me up. You can shoot me an email at info at malcolmlimits.com. I'm pretty responsive. So I'd love to connect with anybody. I love it. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Inside the Lab. We're out. Game Plan U is thrilled to partner with the lab on this timely and relevant industry event during the week of Super Bowl 55. Sports tech innovation is not only disrupting how digital is changing the way we play, watch, and consume sports, but it's also providing a low barrier entrance for great ideas to quickly become game-changing solutions. Special shout out to Rob Thompson, Denise Zach, Mike Scharfenberg, and the entire Game Plan U team. Couldn't be more thrilled about this partnership and excited for the, what the year has in store for us.